Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's um, Marsha Cook, and we have a great show today with Angela Campbell on today, and uh, it's World of Ink Special and uh, on Michigan Avenue Media. So it's going to be a really fun show today. It's just Angela and myself. Angela's been on before, and um, we've had many conversations on the phone, and so she's got a lot to talk about. And um, before we get bring her in, I think what we're going to talk about is tomorrow's show because I'm ha- I'm having one at late night. It's at nine o'clock Eastern, ten uh, no ten Eastern, nine Central, and um, it's with David Steinberg and Sarah Martinez, and we're going to be talking about sex. The thing we call sex is his book, and uh, David has been around for a long time doing columns and books, and Sarah has been on our show before. It's been a while. Jack Remick introduced me to Sarah, so it's going to be a really interesting show. It's something we talk about, but not in the detail that we will be talking about it. And uh, it's a radically sensible look at sex in America. And as of late, there's a lot going on, so we'll have a lot of talk, things to talk about tomorrow night. So, And if you can't hear it tomorrow night, it will be on demand, just as this show is on demand. Or, In fact, all our shows... I think we've done like 800 of them, uh, they're on demand. So if someone is a guest, their show, the link is still live. As long as World of Ink is alive, all of us are. And uh, so I'm going to bring out Angela. And hi, Angela. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We have a lot to talk about. So maybe before we start talking, maybe you could just say every, you know, some of the things you do right now because you've added some new things to your resume, and uh, then we'll begin. Well, I'm still running my blog um, that I review on. It's few and far between right now um, because, yes, I added editing to my resume and proofreading. So that's been filling up a lot of my time here lately. So, unfortunately, I've missed those new bestsellers. Well, you know you know what? Um, editing is hard, you know, and no matter who does your editing, it takes time, and it is a lot mentally. And so, you know, when you're doing this, I'm sure it, it you can't do a lot of other things that you want to do. No. No, usually I play soundtrack music because – Unlike with my reading, whenever I can tune everything out, I can do that with my editing. Yeah. 
See, and, and the one thing about Angela is she's a reviewer, but she doesn't write, which is uh, kind of a good thing because you're an avid reader, and so you take time to re- read the books and you enjoy it. So that's a good thing, and you're not thinking of the characters as your own. And um, this, you know, we talked about this before, and I wanted I, I mentioned this. So, like, when you're editing and this is something you know we don't talk about too often. What, what is it about a book that really gets your attention? It may not be the same for other people, but what gets your attention? Um, the storyline. I want I want at least some semblance of a fresh story. I don't I don't want to read a story where you know I can change character names and have already read the story fifty times. Um, that's a big thing. The yeah. other big thing yeah. is I want I want the characters to be realistic. Um, you know, I want I wanted to be able to get to know the characters. Not necessarily put myself in the characters, but just get to know them. You know, I want there to be really strong character development. So how do you feel about, you know, what what page like how many pages do you consider a book, you know, too much to read? Um, per person, you know, because I, I myself prefer novella or shorter books rather than longer ones. But what about yeah, you? Yeah, see, I actually don't prefer novellas. Um, I just, I feel that you can't really develop those characters, you know, in that short amount of time. Yeah. But for me, I would say, I would say a good book is going to be between 200 and 350 pages. Right. And, and those that are more, I mean, it does take more time. And I think that, you know, if a person probably is wanting to get an audio book, it's kind of hard to find someone then that wants to do the audio on it because any more than that is really lengthy for them to do, you know. Um, go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, what, it really you, is. You know, do, but do you read I mean, audio? Do you like audio books? No, or I do you actually just don't. like to read? No, okay, yeah, because a lot of people don't, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people. In fact, I was just talking to someone today, and I said, you know, I think you're going to like them because the good thing about an audio book is, let's say if you're, some people are artists or whatever they do, if they're doing housework or if they're cooking or whatever they're doing, if on break, sometimes you can't read. So you can have the story on, and for me, I like it because I think I get every last word. I happen to be, unfortunately, one of the people that kind of skip down a little. You know, sometimes I'm reading and then, you know, I I don't see every word. And sometimes when I hear it, I hear every word. And so a lot of people that don't maybe necessarily even want to read are missing out because they can listen to an audio book. You know, you love to read. But a lot of people like stories, but they don't always like to sit there and read, you know, and that's how I feel. What do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, but you when you sit down, you you're there for as long as you give yourself. Do you, can you read before you go to bed or how to how, when do you, when's your best time to read a book? You know, I really I really don't have a best time. You know, I'll usually grab my Kindle whenever I go out to smoke a cigarette. Um, you know, sometimes I'll read before bed. You know, other times I'll just carve out a mental health day and I'll just spend the whole day reading. Um, yeah. You know, but I mean, as far as as far as audiobooks versus reading a book, you know, for me it works better to read the book because yeah. usually the only thing that I skim is the sex scenes. Yeah. But you know, because there's only so many ways that you can put tab A and slot B. Yeah. 
Yes. But, <laughs> you know, but. It's true. It is true. It is true. You know, uh, in a lot of the historical novels, they can go on and on and on for their sex scenes. You know, and sometimes, you know, you you know, I've had people on that are publishers, and they always try to figure out how the ways that they're doing it, if it's possible, because, you know, you could be sitting there trying to figure out what, what are they doing. <laughs> I've had them on, on my show sometimes, and it's, like, very complicated. So sometimes the less complicated the scene, the easier for the reader. Yeah, I mean, all that I need to know is that he's unbuttoning her corset. I don't need to know, right. you know, how shiny the buttons are, what shape they are. So you don't care. So you, right. Some people do. I'm not a descript writer because I do uh, – I really love doing screenplays, and I've done about 12 or 15 of them. And that was a better form for me, but it's very difficult, even as an agent that I was, you know, to try to get screenplays out there, you know. And now I'm considering other things, maybe starting again trying to submit and all, because I think now I see a lot of these movies, they're not really good. How do you feel about books to movies, though? I mean, you know, when you're reading a book, do you say sometimes, well, maybe this is going to be a good, you know, movie? Do you feel that? Or you know, I would like to, I would like to see more of these suspense novels turned into movies. Um, yeah. You know, as as far as the romances, they would be good on like Hallmark, but that's not really that's not really my thing. I don't really yeah. get into like the girly movies, but I love yeah. the girly books. Yeah. Yeah, so you like the thriller. And, you know, and I really do think people love the murder, the thriller. I really do, you know, and even if they add that in the romance, it's always a little more intriguing, you know, that something happens. Because I know sometimes if people, there are a lot of people that like the sweet romance, but nothing really happens. I mean, I've just written one that's coming, going to be coming out soon, but it's a very sweet romance. And, you know, it's it's just this is the first time I've ever really tried to cut my characters. I have a tendency to put a lot of characters in. So, and But I do think, you know, sometimes people really want more than just the sweet love story. They want a little more. Yeah, and, but you know, yeah, go ahead. But it's a very, it's a very fine line between, yeah. you know, yeah. having a little bit of something extra and just having so many story arcs that you feel lost. Yeah, well, that's right. See, that's the thing, right. So, I, you know, I've learned that myself because I tended to do that a lot in screenplays, and now I'm, that's why I did my next book is because I tried to – Actually, the book that I was doing had a lot of characters, so now I cut it, you know, the characters, because I do think people, you know, I used to think I like to put everybody in because I like to talk to a lot of people, so I put them in my screenplays, but I really do think people like, you can develop more, like what you're saying, you like to the characters to develop. So if there's too many, it's not that easy to develop the storyline because yeah, you've I mean, got I so many people much, in there. I would much rather have a solid you know, a solid, strong main couple than have multiple characters that you know very little about. Yeah, yeah. See, sometimes, though, you can really, you don't have to, you know, by the dialogue and things like that, you get to know the character more. And how do you feel about series? You know, because I've had a lot of people on, and we talk about that, and I actually think the reader likes series. What about you? Um, I like series, but I usually won't pick it up until there's at least four books in the series. See, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's because you, right, if you read one and just because they say they're going to do a series doesn't mean it's going to be one because sometimes they do one and they meant to do a series, but it's not happening. 
yeah, they either jump off somewhere else or life gets in the way or, or they're just a fly-by-night author that, you know, they do a couple of books, then you never hear from them again. How do you feel about that? Because that seems to be what's happening a lot. So what's your opinion on what can they, what, what do you think can change that, you know, because I think that is a problem, you know, uh, all of a sudden you see an author, she's out there, she's, you know, on Facebook and Twitter and and doing everything and on shows and then she's, you know, blogging and she's getting reviews and then all of a sudden nothing. Do you have advice um, I think for that? part of it is What's a lack this? of planning. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. You know, I definitely think part of it is lack of planning. Another part of it is, you know, books, even half-assed books are so easy to come by that, that a lot of the time it's just the money's not there anymore. And so yeah. they end up having to go back to work or, you know, lifestyle changes, you know, any number of things. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think a person I, should I, probably not quit their job if they're a writer. I mean, you know, because even when my son was little, that's when I used to do a lot of my writing, too. You know, that's how I began, you know, when I'd be sitting waiting at games or, you know, doing functions, you know, you got time or you're waiting in the car for them, you know, and you really can't give up everything for writing because you really don't know how it's going to go. And you don't even know sometimes if you start a book, if you could finish it. It's not easy. Exactly. I mean, for, for a lot of people, you know, they, they pick it up because, you know, everybody has that dream of writing a book. And then once they get into it a little bit, they, they realize that they can't handle that solitude. Yeah, it is solitude. But, but you know what? Once you're, start with a story as a writer you don't feel like it's solitude because if you're really into writing your characters do take over as i've heard so many other people say too that the characters take over and you're really not alone you're with your characters and it does take a lot mentally from you you know but you and but you if you're going to sit and wait i think for the perfect time to be an author, there is no perfect time. You just have to write. And maybe your first book, second book, you know, I've heard a lot of people on shows, not even on my show, other shows, talk about the fact that they've done five books, and by the sixth book, then they got really popular. Because I think what you're saying is right. When you see a lot of books from somebody, I think you're apt to pick up the book and go, I'm going to try her or him, because if I like it, they've got more. Right. Well, that and, you know, I mean, like I said, there's also, in my opinion, there tends to be a lack of planning. You know, a lot of these authors, they save up the money and put out their first book and expect yeah. to be Nora Roberts, and that just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, that's that's great and pretty woman, but not in real life. Yeah, right. And so, right. you know, then, you know, then they, they don't see the reason to you know, the reason or the desire to stick with it when they feel like they haven't made anything to, you know, to get that second book out, which is really when people are going to start noticing them. Yeah, I think, I really do think that's true. And I do think that, you know, uh, when they're promoting it as a person that has made mistakes, not mistakes, which I, I won't call mistakes because I love the books I've written, but I haven't stayed in the same genre because even in my screenplays, they were not the same genre. And, um, I kept trying new things in the genre because I was having fun doing it, and I did even a horror film, and I did romantic comedies, and I did thrillers. And I think my opinion for somebody for a career would be, at certainly at the beginning, have a plan like you're saying, because I think that that helps you market and helps you get 
your own fans because it's really hard to get fans and people that really like you waiting for your books if you have one here and there from a different genre because I think and I I think you probably agree that you know if you you everybody has their favorite genre so just because you write a good you know, nonfiction book doesn't mean that you can actually write a good fiction book or the same person will be looking for your, you know, nonfiction book and fiction. They won't, you know, they might look for a next book if you're a nonfiction writer that was nonfiction. Absolutely. You know, and, and I wholeheartedly feel that every new author should take that extra $35, $45 and invest in a PR company for their first book. That's going to be where they really get that exposure in those PR companies. They have their master list of bloggers that are going to, they're going to give them that automatic fan base. So you're saying like what? So you know like because thirty-five or forty dollars, that's the problem. The problem is you have to keep marketing. So I think you know after doing shows for eight years and having tons of authors on, I mean, you can't, and now more than ever, I I actually think people need to pay for things. At the beginning, when people, you know, years ago even, people would say, don't pay for this, don't pay for that, everything should be free, you should get an agent, you, you know, and everything should be free. But then again, you can't have people working for free. It doesn't work anymore. It, it maybe worked before, but even like when I was an agent, I had like hundreds of people. I never made money until they sold something, and a lot of them gave up. So I think that you have to have some amount of money for PR, and you don't have to have all expensive. You know, I, I'll just bring up a few people. Like, like let's say – people already know that I talk, my books have been from Fidelity Publishing and I'm an independent publisher and you can go to Fidelity and you can go to many other places. But the one thing is you want to make sure that the book looks good and you also have to get editing and, you know, you have to do banners. And, you know, I think that even with Fidelity now, what she's doing for me is she's doing some pictures with some, you know, text on it, and I'm doing Facebook ads, and I'm doing a lot of things I didn't do in the past. I love banners, and Selector Graphics did it. And so I think that people have to find somebody that they like to help them. And it doesn't have to be that much money. And I think if they don't, then nothing will happen. But like you're saying, they have to spend something at the beginning, Yes, you know, I mean, Lady Amber from Lady yes. Amber's PR yes. is absolutely yes. amazing. Yes. Um, you know, yes. I would and also She's very reasonable, and she does get the people out there. I met her years ago, and she had part. A lot of times in those days, people had a lot more parties and whatever, and people were sharing, and it was just different, okay? But she is still out there, and she has a loyal blogging group, very loyal. Absolutely. You know, um, Ardent Prose and Enticing Journey are two others that I would recommend to anyone. Um, You know, both of them are, you know, they're run by absolutely lovely people. What's it called, Ardent Prose? Ardent Prose? Ardent Prose? Yeah. yeah. And what was the other one? Enticing Journey. Okay. I should. I, I write notes down. You know, you know, because I. My opinion is, you you don't ever have enough. You know, you always need, and it doesn't hurt to use a few companies, because they have different followers. 
Exactly. I mean, I work with a lot of new authors in my editing, you know, and usually those are the three names that I throw out and I tell them from the get, you know, go to one, go with them for a couple of months, you know, because yeah. by then you'll pretty much maximize your exposure with them, then go to a new one. Figure out the one that works for you and then stick with that one. You yeah. know, but all and and even if offer, they don't, even if it doesn't work the first time, they can try it again. It just takes time to get yourself out there. And, you know, and um, I, anybody that wants to be on the show, they can give me a call or they can email us at World of Ink, you know, or Michigan Avenue Media, just to Marsha Casper Cook, because I'm happy to have them on the show because I think that they get a lot of promotion from Blog Talk Radio and because we've done over 800 shows, our shows go right up to Google fast. So it's out there immediately. And so I think that, and, you know, those and it's not a there's no charge for being on the show so i think that if they don't want to spend any money and they want to try to learn some things and they could listen to world of ink or you know be on the show and because that will help i think you never should stop you have to keep going even though i don't love it i've said it over many times but you have to keep doing it yeah you really do you know i I tell everybody, you know, pick your first company, go with yeah. them, you know, like two times over the course of one month. Yeah, you that's know, a like, good idea. And then, then the next month, go with the next one, you know, until you figure out which one's going to work for you. And so what made you decide you wanted to do editing? Because um, it's Because hard. of how many books I read? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. And and right. Okay. Because you think you think that they're not edited right. Some of them. Um. Actually, yeah. I actually I stumbled onto it by accident. To be perfectly honest with you, it wasn't okay. It wasn't originally something that I planned to do. You know. Um. Actually, I was reviewing for someone, and I had found a number of errors in her book, and then she had asked me to go back and proofread it for her. And that was actually how it started. Yeah. Well, because a lot of times I didn't plan on doing shows either. You know, they did one show and then that was the end. Then I've been doing them for eight years. But, you know, you don't, sometimes it's not in the plan, but you enjoy it when you're doing it, you know. And I think that, you know, the number one thing is they have to have good editing. It's really important. You know, and it's it's hard, you know. I mean, the editor tells you what's wrong with it. You know, nobody loves it, listening to that. But uh, that you need to have somebody besides yourself telling you that maybe you've repeated yourself. What do you find is the most common thing, Rep- repetition or grammar? How do you feel about that? Um, Actually, usually it's punctuation. It's that damn comma. Yeah, yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, that, that's true. You know, because, you know, I think when you're writing a book, as a, you know, if you stop and think about every last thing you're doing, the comma, you know, you have to try to write freely and hope that you have a good editor because otherwise it really stops your head from working if you're so worried about the commas. You, you can't because if you worry about that, your story does suffer. I think it does. You know, um, I think that... You get the story out. I mean, I'd like to take my own advice sometimes because I go back and forth. You know, everybody has their own ways. But I think 
if I'm telling someone the way really to do it is just write the write the whole story and then go back and don't keep going back. You know, I have a habit of doing that for my screenplays. It's not great, you know, but it's everybody does their own thing. And so, I mean, someone like you, it's important that they have that grammar right because when you don't, you're going to get bad reviews just because you don't have that. When you were just reviewing, yeah, would that what would you do then? If you were just reviewing, that's you probably would mention it or not. What would you do? I would not mention it in my review, but I would okay. contact the author privately. Yeah, that's a good. See, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, how do you rate people? Like, if you're, you know, everybody worries about, you know, if they get one star, two stars, three stars. But if they get three stars or four, what what is your? How do you do it? One through five or one through four? How do you do yours? Um, on my blog, I actually don't use I don't use a star system. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's a good I know. You know, so but when people are looking at their reviews, I mean, I we've talked about this mm. so many times on the show. If if somebody gives them a three star, and then they're saying the the review could be like, oh, I really like your book and it's great and whatever. And then if you get a three star, then they are so upset. You know, and I I think that it's not that important. So it's it's good that you don't do the stars because I think you're yeah, just giving I, your opinion. Exactly. You know, and and too many authors they they look at that star and that you know how many stars it is, and that's either going to make their day or it's going to devastate them. And I don't, you know, yeah. with my reviews, I try to always find something positive even if it is a really crappy book that's good so you know so but with i think that, you know and being... i think people you know right because you know and the one thing is though i mean just because somebody doesn't like it or a reviewer doesn't like it doesn't mean another reviewer is not going to love it you know i mean and i think you know we talked about this so maybe you want to talk about this with amazon and everything how, how many review i mean people are just so begging people for reviews i do not do that because i don't like it and i think that you have to have some reviews but you don't need 100 reviews what's your opinion on that um I mean, I understand the concept of needing those Amazon reviews because it gets them more exposure um, to people who aren't in the re- in the reviewing community. So I do I do understand the need for those Amazon reviews, but on this but on the other hand, if people did not give Amazon so much power, it wouldn't have so much power. So you know, so to a point, authors and reviewers do it to themselves. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you feel about Goodreads? Um, I don't love it, but it's important. I really don't. I, I don't love it, but I, you know, it seems to be pretty important and maybe more important than Amazon these days. I don't know. Well, how do you feel? Unfortunately, it's really, it's really not more important than Amazon because. You know, because because the thing that makes Amazon so great for authors is once you hit, I think it's either 50 or 100 reviews, you get exposure on the front page of the Kindle store, which is yeah. why they're always begging for those Amazon reviews. You know, with Goodreads, you don't have that option, 
but you're not, you know, if you if you happen to be in the book community, whether you're an author or just a book lover, you know, and so you follow your favorite authors, on Goodreads you're not going to get penalized for that. So, you know, so I personally prefer Goodreads, but that's only because Amazon has made it so hard to get those legitimate reviews. I know. There were, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people, and they are they're looking – at people, and you know, if you send someone a book and they review it, they don't really like that. But you know, sometimes you want to give someone a gift. It, it's not really your friend that you're giving a gift. You, you just you might meet someone and say, "Listen, I'll gift you my book." You know, because maybe sometimes you don't want them to have to you know spend the money on it because they don't maybe have the money, and maybe you just want to give them a free book. But then it, they they won't let them do a uh, review sometimes, and they have taken out. I have been lucky so far. They haven't taken because I don't really know a lot of the people that review my book. I prefer it that way um so i you know it's really it is hard because i've looked on goodreads and i've been on goodreads and i've seen some of the reviews and i really don't think that a lot of them read the book and i also don't and when they write something and they said oh i opened the book and i started it and i didn't like it and you give them like no stars that's really not fair because you know there is a beginning middle and end and not everybody gets they're all their readers hooked, and sometimes you do have to read a while. How do you feel about that? Do you, if you, if you're reading a book and it takes you a little bit, do you stop the book or do you continue the book? No, unfortunately, I had this OCD where if I start a book, I have to finish it. Okay, right, right, <laughs> okay. Well, like, I, I do the, same, it, I do the right. same with TV. You know, even with these series, I keep watching the series, and then I go, I really don't like it, but I'm going to finish it through, you know, because I, I, I do that also, you know, and but a lot of people don't, and it's not really fair because, you know, sometimes there really is that ending that you, when you read the book, you go, oh, this is a good ending, this is why this happened. But I think now people, if they don't get it in the first ten pages, they, it's, it, it, you know, and years ago there are a lot of books that people read that they read maybe 50 pages before they really said, oh, this is a great book. Sometimes you really have to get in and, you know, see what the author is trying to do with the characters, you know, and then you go, oh, I get it. But if they only read 10 pages, they're never going to get it. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if it's somebody who doesn't have a lot of time, you know, maybe they don't want to put that effort in for a book that they may not love when they can move on to something that catches them right off the bat. Yeah, but what you know, like yeah, I, I so, remember, I, I but yeah, but sometimes there are books that do, that do take time to get into. And those, you maybe know. those books are for other people. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. like it's just like the whole BDSM in books. You know, my kink is not your kink, but it doesn't mean that your kink is wrong. Right. Yeah, you know, which we, is true. We right. all have, you know, we all have different opinions and we all have different ideas, which is what makes the book world so so wonderful because there is something for everyone it just may take some people a little longer to find it than others right well i have a lot of erotic authors on and you know and i think that sometimes people say the same for erotic and horror they go like oh i can't read horror or i can't read erotic but a lot of these books do have good stories so you know they have to sometimes give it a little chance because it's nice to sometimes go out of your comfort zone and read something else because you might really like it you know um, just because you keep reading thrillers doesn't mean that that's the only book you're ever going to like. You know, and I think there's so many books. It's very confusing, I think, for the reader. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, because you are a reader, you know, an avid reader. And an avid reader, you know, has their own opinions. 
you know, which is what yeah, we're I all mean, looking for, the reader. We want the reader. I mean, used to, I used to, you know, my my thing used to be I'll read anything except male male. You yeah. know, um, and then, then I found this one author that she had – she caught my attention because she had shifters that were not just your typical wolves and dragons. Um, you know, she had shifters that were chipmunks and sharks and, you know, vultures. And yeah, right. Any number well, of I've been, they've crazy. been on my show. They have been on my show, all these authors. And, I, you know, because I think for me, you know, I, I remember when I first started doing shows, I was doing them with Red River. And I know that my show, it, it was called The Good Stories, The Good Story, same as it is now. And um, I, a lot, we, she had like 30 or 40, you know, show hosts, you know, and we all did different things except for me. My show was Anything Goes. So she would call me and she would say, do you want to have this kind of person or, you know, you want to do erotic authors? I go, I don't know. I never really had them on. And I had erotic authors on. It was so much fun. I had like, I don't know, I think I had eight of them <laughs> one time. It was the most fun. And I really liked it because they were so, like, they, they were so happy to be doing, you know, what they wanted to do. And they liked each other and they weren't jealous and they weren't whining about their book sales. They were just, of course, at that time, erotic books were just really filtering in and it was so much fun and I continued it and I and I'm still going to be having more romance shows because I think it's always a lot of fun you know and the authors are just you know and I especially like the fact that they're from all walks of life so I think when people sometimes hear a rock author that it's just a person that's in the PTA you know what I mean or your neighbor next door you don't know I had a show one time when Five of the authors were on. They all used different names. I was so freaking out because I was talking, and I, you know, I was I knew them as one name, and I had to remember who they were on their author name. But I always right. have erotic authors because it's so much fun. I mean, that's I met you on a show with Gina, you know, and I think that sometimes you have to open up a little more to meet. Certainly, you know. You can't always hang with just authors. You have to talk with, you know, readers. You have to talk with editing people and marketing, and that's what the show's about because I learn from everybody. Cause don't you think you've changed in the last couple years on the things you've done? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you, you've opened um, up a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, and, and I've also, you know, developed some really, really amazing friendships in, in this yeah. business. Um. Oh, you're you going to have, whenever, why don't you talk about, why don't you talk about the book signing? We should talk about that. Yes. That you're having. Um, actually, I will be co-hosting the first annual Stardust Book Fair um, with Scarlett Darkwood from Dark Books Press. Um, it's going to be April 28th of 2018 in Nashville, Tennessee. It will be at the Scarlett Bennett Center. Um the venue actually started out being used by UtopiaCon when they first started. Okay, it's, right. Um, That's right, years, right. From Vanderbilt. Do what? Yeah, I remember when they started having that with Utopia. They still have it, right? Utopia. Yeah. yeah. Um. Actually, this past year was the last year for UtopiaCon. They are taking a five-year break, is my understanding. Really? Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. But before they got too big for the Scarab Center, 
um, that's where they were doing it. So, and they have a wonderful, wonderful venue in the dining hall where we will all be taking lunch actually looks like the Har- the Hogwarts dining hall minus the floating candles. <laughs> well, that sounds good. So I, yeah, I think Nashville, I also think that people want to go to Nashville, so it would be really fun. So, um, where, where can they sign if they want to go? What what type of books or what type of authors are you looking for? And you want readers too, I'm sure, right? Both? Absolutely. Um, well, we actually have very limited space for authors right now. Okay. Um, so, But they can find all the information either on the Facebook page if you do a search for Stardust Book Fair, um, mm-hmm. or you can also find the links for tickets and the author form on darkbookspress.com. I don't know her And I'd like to have her on Because I, I think it would be fun to hear what she's got to say Yeah, I love to have people on You know, that I haven't met before So I think that's, you know And I think it's good that you're doing that Because I think it's all, you know I myself, I need to start doing this I have, have all these years I really have, I'm not really one for flying Or for traveling that much But I need to Because I think it's, it's fun to meet people in person Because I, I see everybody online That has met people, you know, it's nice and Nashville is a great place to be because everybody seems to have fun whenever they're at there. Have you ever been to Nashville? Well, and I'm actually, yes, actually, quite a few times. And I drive through there about every other month whenever I go get my daughter. Um, really? Oh, she's, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, she's in Alabama. Okay. But I'm, I'm actually really excited for our signing because we have a few romance authors, but we are not catering to romance. Um you know, just because there's so many romance signings, most of them are romance related. Um, you know, for this one, we so what have are you looking fantasy. for? What, are, what what kind of author are you looking for? Um, well, right now we have enough of really everything, so we're taking anyone now. Oh, okay. um, right. But we have we have everything from fantasy and science fiction to young adult to erotica to. Um, Suspense. We also have a true crime author. This is going to be her first signing. Um, Samantha Swain. I'm really excited for her because oh, she good. also works in law enforcement in her day to day job. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really excited um, because a lot of these authors they don't really they don't really do signings much. Yeah, a lot of people don't. You know, I, I think years, several years ago, everybody was running to do signings, but a lot of people don't do signings, you know, as much. And I think so. It sounds like, and you know, when it's either at, when it's at some place like Nashville, they, you know, people tend to go, you know, and um, well, it is more of a central location. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but it, you know, but pretty like I said, pretty much all the signings that you see now are all romance related. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right, because, right, you know, fantasy and uh, sci-fi and things like that, they have their own, they kind of like have their own market. So it's kind of good that you have, that you're mixed, because I think that sounds like fun. Because sometimes, you know, like I said before, they might want to meet an author that's not writing romance if that's all they read, because maybe they could meet somebody, you know, that they would like their books. You know, so I think that sounds like a great idea. 
Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, that's why, you know, I, I truly do believe that because I think it's fun to try different things, and that's why I have all different kinds of authors on because, you know, uh, even when I was an agent, it, you know, it's fantasy. The fantasy people, there's not as many writers for fantasy, but people that do love fantasy love fantasy. They are true, loyal you know, I, I had a client that was a fantasy writer, and I remember when I would go and check out all the books, you know, I was shocked, you know, and then I, you know, how many that were, because I wasn't, this was a long time, ago, you know, 10 years ago, but it was like, you know, people are, they really have their own world, and I think that people really enjoy that sometimes, you know, because it's it's a whole different type of writing and I think that once we open ourselves to different writing you could realize I that's why I tried even writing a horror film you know because I think it's kind of fun and that's what I started to say before is like I have horror writers on and I know people say oh my god I cannot read a horror book but some of the dark thrillers they're like a horror book it's it's just a little you know it's kind of the genre that you get it really doesn't get what it deserves because I've had wonderful shows with horror writers and they are great to have on. They're so much fun, you know. Yeah, so it's I also think- really, it's really hard to to write, you know, now with so much stuff being available. It's it's really hard to find that that boundary of, you know, just enough versus too much. I know. That's the truth. Well, that is true. But, you know, but, right, and you don't, you know, but some of the horror writers are, I mean, they're just, they're so interesting because they see things a lot differently. But, and a, a lot of them try other genres too, you know, and, but the horror writing, you know, there's not as many horror films as there were for a while. That was like every minute there was another horror film. But then they got to be Oh, the there same. still are, just most of them now are horrible. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, some, you know, but I mean, it, it, the, the you know the TV is one thing, but you know in the in the show when you go to a theater now, you know it's really hard because if a, a movie comes out and there's like nobody going there the first time it's showing, I mean they don't give it even a few weeks, it's gone. You know years ago yeah. they gave it a couple of weeks. Right now it's like and and sometimes it does take a little while to build up, but there's no time. They don't. They don't give you that now because sometimes you say, "Oh, maybe I'll see that movie," and then you go and you say, "Like, oh," and there's no movie. I mean, they just don't have it out anymore because it didn't make money. Because that really is about money. If it doesn't make yeah, money, yeah, or they do it, you know, or there's the whole, you know, and see that that just launches me into something else that I wanted to talk about. Okay, is people expect, you know. The bad part with authors being so accessible is they, in my opinion, they're letting too much of their personal life come into their writing life. And, you know, Facebook is is not your personal diary. Right. I I totally agree because we have talked about that. And I, I, right, that is one of the issues the you just if you want to have a good following, don't start telling everybody your problems. Because it's not going to work. No, because because everybody has their own problems. They don't care. Right. No matter how much they sit there and, oh, I'm so sorry, they don't mean it. It's just what they think they're supposed to say so that you like them. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I really do think people have to, they have to stop doing that a lot because I think that it doesn't make people want to read your books. And you really, 
have to just take your personal life and your book life in a different you cannot put them together it's not really good you know um unless you're writing a nonfiction book and you know unfortunately if you have a disease or something and you're talking about that and trying to help people you know cope with it maybe but if you're a if you're romance or comedy or whatever they do not want to hear about your sad story. they really don't you know and i think it costs people readers they don't want to hear that they don't want to yeah. they don't want to hear about how much you like or hate the president they don't want to hear you know right. they don't want to hear yeah. any of that Right, you and know, that's why you know we don't I, we don't have political shows on World of Ink very much. You know, I was going to to be truthful, we were going to start, and then I changed my mind because I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this because it's so intense out there that I didn't, it, you know, one way or another, it's people, I, and it's coming up to be Thanksgiving, and there will be enough fights in families because people are still mad at each other. You know, and that's that's true. They really are holding it in about who they voted for, one way or the other. And so I think that that's one of the reasons that they shouldn't put that online, because I don't think it's necessary to your writing career, if that's what you want. If you want a writing career, you're absolutely right. Don't talk about your personal life. Well, you know, I mean, I have a lot of new authors that, that I work with in my editing. The first thing that I tell any of them, if you would not put it in an inner office memo that goes to everyone, including your boss, it does not need to be on Facebook. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally, totally, because I, because I think right now more than before, I think people really are tired of it. So I think you know they might rather see you know your book cover with a little funny quip or something or a quote that's interesting or something you know positive. But I don't think we need more negativity out there. I think, you know, I think the writing world, you know, would do itself a favor by just doing authors, just doing books because they're good at what they do. And why, once they start saying things, they lose people. Exactly, because you know, I mean, not even going into politics, but you know, if right. an author puts on their Facebook, "Oh, I hate President Trump," okay, well then yeah. automatically anybody who likes Trump is no longer going to read you. If you say you love President Trump, then you're going to have the liberals who no longer read you. Either way you go, you're alienating half of your fan base. Right. I I totally agree on that because, you know, know, everybody has one goal, hopefully, is that this country, you know, uh, gets it together and we can all be – you know, trying to work together to make it good, you know, I mean, to make things right. And I think that is what we need to just talk about, not about which one we voted for or how we hate this one or how we hate that one, because, no, it's not helping. And it does, you know, and if you if you are an author or own a business, like you're saying, you don't, most of the time in businesses, they don't even want people talking politics now because it no. gets so heated. You know, it, it really gets heated. I think... I think that we should go back to the old 1950s dinner conversation. We do not discuss <laughs> politics or religion. Right. Well, that's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and you know, and that that is what happens because you know, I was just talking to some people today, and you know, the Hallmark movie. Look, at, they're they're short, they're they're you know sweet, and you know things like that. And I think a lot of times. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the movie, 
it's kind of like it gives you the good feeling that everybody really wants, especially Christmas time, Hanukkah, everybody goes together, and I think that's the best time of the year. So I, I hope this year will remain that. I don't know. It's, you know, but I think that's why a lot of people do watch Hallmark because it just kind of takes you away from everything that's happening. And I think you need that. That's what books do. That's what the object of a writer is. They want to take you to another world. Or to in other people's lives, and that's what I'm sure you like and I like. You're somewhere else, you know. That's why people watch the soap operas, because you know I still watch the ones my mother's watched. Because when she was sick, I, when I was taking care of her, I started watching all the things she watched. And so, but and I when I'm watching them, I'm thinking, well, this is really good because I'm not thinking of anything else. I'm just watching them. Okay, they have their issues, you know, and that's the same by reading a book. I mean, I'm sure you get that when you're reading. You're just taking it away from everything else, which is a good thing. Exactly. No, I agree with you on that. So what would you say, you know, if someone wants their, you know, they want to talk to you about editing, how can they reach you and what, you know, what what do you have to say to them, you know, on finding um, you they and how they, either, you know. They can either contact me on Facebook under Angela Campbell, um, my messenger is always on. Or there's also a form on my website, addictedtoreviewsediting.com. Um, there is a form on there that they can that they can fill out to um, that will. I usually go in and check that once a day. That's good. So right now, is that what you're just offering the editing? So do you think that that will stick to that, or you you're gonna maybe go into something else with that, or just plain just editing? Because you know, just to, to let people know if that's what you're basically you edit you edit mostly grammar, but will you ed- edit content for people, or how do you feel about that? Um, yes, I actually offer all forms of editing. Um, okay. You know, I I do offer copy as well as content developmental, and I also offer proofreading. Okay. And let's say they have a short story, because a lot of people do that, so that, you know, even though you're not thrilled with novella or something or a short story, you still would do you would take them on, right? Or Oh, yeah, I mean, you okay. know, the, I mean, it's just that I, I prefer not to read novellas, not that, I, I mean, you know, for the most no, part. No, right, a lot of people don't anyone. like novellas. No, right, I, a lot of people don't, you know, like novellas. Yeah, my, you know, I mean, my editing is is my job. It's not my pleasure. I mean, it is a pleasure, but you know, no, it's I not. get it. No, no. Well, that's true, though. No, and and that's the thing. You know, if you if someone wants to try, you know, I, I was never big on short stories, but I did several of them, and they were fun. I still rather write, a, you know, either a novella or a book, you know. But I think that you know, even if they're if they're doing a short story, it still has to be edited. You know, if they think it's not a book, it doesn't. No, it needs to be edited. Because it's just as important, you know, to do a short story, probably even more, you know, because you have a, you know, certain amount of pages that you do, and if they're a lot of, they won't read it, you know, and it's a tough market, but even though there's so many short stories, it's still hard, because people will say it's not long enough, it's, you know, even though you say it's a short story, they want more, which is good, because you at least know that they liked your writing style. You know, yeah, but it's just like anything else. You're never going to please everyone. No, no. But, you know, but 
I do think that people think if they write a short story, they don't need to have it edited, but you do. Same thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, 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 can't know, you, just, you yeah. always need an editor, no matter what. Right. Um, and so, you know, and and are there any special books? What kind, You want to talk about, well, we did it a little at the beginning, but now, so you have, still have time to do reviews, right? So you want to do that still. Yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing, I do when it's I have It's hard to time. do everything. It is hard to do everything because editing is so, you know, tense. I mean, there's so much to do with editing. Well, I mean, but it does help that I'm fortunate enough that, you know, this is my only job. You know, I don't, I don't have to, you know, maintain an outside job. Um, right. You know, I mean, so that, that does make it a little, a little easier. Yeah, but, it certainly does, because it's um, hard when you come home, and then you have to feed the kids, you know, or whatever, make dinner, do the laundry, do all these things, and then you, there's just only so many hours in the day. You can't do everything. No, luckily you know. my kids are old enough to feed themselves. Right, that's good. Good. That's a good <laughs> It is hard. No, it's very difficult, you know, and that's why if people want to start their career when their kids are small, take any time that they can and write, you know, and don't wait for the perfect time. Just start writing, you know, because then you'll be able to fit it in because you can't say, oh, when I, you know, in two years from now I'm going to start writing. Well, you don't know that in two years. You know what I mean? If you really want to write, just start, you know, and don't, you know, because everybody says they want to write, but really the only ones that, get really a career are the ones that really write. You know what I mean? You can't just say, oh, I think I'm going to write a book. But if you really do, you got to start somewhere. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, and even if it's a half hour a day or a couple times a week, but, you know, don't give up what you really like because I think, you know, writing is – I mean, if you love writing, just do it. I mean, I love it, so I continue to always do it. And like you said, every there's so many people out there that like different things. You know, yeah, so if you don't, keep waiting don't on that be, perfect yeah. moment, it's going to pass you by. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree on that. All right, so is there any last words you'd like to say to everybody, uh, you know, um, about writing how you feel as a reader? On, honestly, no. Okay. Uh, because I think that, you know, for me, I think that, you know, I, I'd love to have a show with you. That's why I wanted to have you on because I think, you know, you're a reader and an editor and you're not an author, which I think is a good thing in a lot of ways because you can totally concentrate on what you're doing. Because those of us that write know it's hard to do a lot of other things when you're working on characters. So, you know, it's important. And so I think that if people are looking for reviews, you're giving them an honest review because you're not thinking about your next book. Right. Yeah. Or, so or how I, I would have done it. Right. Exactly. So you give advice, Actually, but you are giving advice to people, which sometimes is a very good thing. So, you know, if you, if they're working with you, you'll, you are advising them that they don't have to take your advice but i think it's good that you give them your opinion you know absolutely the one thing that i the one thing that i will say and i cannot stress this enough is you know for authors you do not want your your editor and your proofreader to be the same person that's really very important you're right you're right um you know, because because after okay, as an editor, after I read that story, the you know, in the two passes that I do, if I then go back and proofread it, 
by then, I've already read that story so many times, just like the author has. I'm yeah. going to end up replacing things. Or I've already spoken to the author, and so I know what they're trying to convey, which is not, you know, which just because I know what they're trying to convey because I've spoken to them doesn't mean that the, that the reader will as well. So I definitely recommend having a different proofreader than your editor. Yeah, because I think, you know, it, listen, it is hard as an author to, you know, uh, we think that, you know, the, when people are reading it, they understand what we're saying, but sometimes they're not. So, you know, no matter who the author is, they have to have an open mind to what they're, you know, even if they don't like hearing it, they really need somebody saying to them, you know what, I don't understand this. Yes. You know, and, you know, I, think- and I always... <laughs> And I always recommend having both an editor and a proofreader. All right. So I think that's good advice. Okay. And so you can go to addictedtoreviews.wordpress.com, and then you can find out no. some of the other things that – That's what not that what you're – That is my blog for reviews. Right. Everything right. to do with my editing is under addictedtoreviewsediting.com. Oh, great, right, because this, this one is so you can see really what you've done in the past as reviews, so people can, you know, look at your reviews. Yeah, Which all of important. my reviews are on addictedtoreviews.wordpress.com. Right. Um, that's on the, that's on know, the page but, here. That's on our page. And then they can also yeah. find you on Facebook, too. Yes. Um, so, that would be under Angela Campbell. Um, and also if they're, you know, if they are looking for editing, um, if they go to editing.com, if you go to the portfolio tab, it will show you the books that I've worked on previously. Right. That's good. You know, and, you know, as always, I love having you on the show because you do have an opinion, which is a good thing. (laughs) You know, it's not always a, you know, we all don't want to hear everything sometimes, but we need to, you know, that's why this is, you know, you're saying your honest opinion of how you feel. And that's, you know, you need to hear that, you know. And you can't be mad at a person if they're not liking your book or not liking something you did in the book. You have to just move past that, you know. And that will make you a better writer because you just can't just keep everything in your head that somebody says to you, but you also can take advice and maybe for your next book, you go like, maybe they were right. So I think you need to hear opinions. doesn't mean you take it, but you also... It, it, it does help listening, I think, to what other people say because then, you know, you may put it in your own perspective, but I think you can't just to have people that read your book and go, oh, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever read. That doesn't help always. You know, it does help to hear no, but also, the truth. It also doesn't help if somebody just leaves a review that says your book was shit either. You know, and that's bad. For the reviewers, that is horrible. That is that's horrible. Yeah. And that is a problem. But a for the reviewers problem. you need to take that you need to take that extra five minutes as a reviewer and actually put why you didn't like the book. Yeah, you know, I think that I agree. Instead of just, Oh, I didn't like it. Okay, but why? Right. That you're because not the you're not doing have the an opinion. Right. You have an opinion and not to just say, oh, this is a bad book, but this is what why you think it's a bad book. Right. You or know, not a bad book, or just needs, you know, you need help. It needs help, you know. Yeah, but the author also needs to remember that just because one reviewer doesn't like their book doesn't mean that they should just give up and go get a 
go get another job. It exactly. means that they need, you know, they need to, to remember that each reviewer's opinion is exactly that. It's an opinion. Right, right, exactly. But it's good to have opinions, and it's good to have people telling you what they think because you need that. You need to have some of that feedback. I think it's very yeah, important you know, to hear. You know, whether you take all their advice or not, but there might be one or two things you go, you know what, I think they're right. You know, you have to step back a little and go, yeah, I think they're right. You know, and it's hard to do that. But if you really want to be successful in this, you have to listen to what people say that you're trusting. Yeah, you know, not everybody, you know, but you have to be, yeah, you also have to trust people. And if you're editing something for them, you know, you're re- really reading it. So they have to try to trust you then and know that you will guide them in the right way. And I, yeah, I think hopefully. that's a big help. I, well, yeah, you know, we all do what we do. <laughs> you know, and thank you so much. And I hope you'll come on again. And because I always think it's interesting to hear what you really say because you don't, no virus hold you know you don't hold anything back which is good i think it's important well i'm sure that some the people in my house may not always agree with you on that but yeah well right (laughs) well i didn't say about your i did this is personal and business remember we said don't mix it right so that's how it goes you know but all right thank you so much and uh thank you all for listening and this will also be on demand and tomorrow night at 10 o'clock Eastern, I'll be having another show, so it will be fun. And then next week, Jack Remick will be on, and he's always got a lot of interesting things about women to talk about. He's going to be talking if women, like, took care of the whole world. So it's very he's, he's a very interesting guy who really writes women well. So he'll be on. Okay, as uh, a woman, that's a scary thought. No, he's really good. He's a prof- He's so he's so interesting. And he's so much, uh, uh, he's so careful about how he words everything and what he, he's been around for a long time. He's got a lot of books and his new book is Citadel and he's a poet. He's very interesting and I've learned so much from him. He's, he's, he's the real deal because he really does talk about women and understand them so well. And not everybody could do that. He's real good at that. He really is. And if you listen in, you'll hear because he's very interesting about, you know, that's, you know, he's not, it's not like he's, you know, telling women what to do. He really thinks, he feels the world is so important with women and what they have to offer. So I think that's so interesting to hear. So that's a good guy to listen to. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Anyway, (laughs) sorry. Have a good night. No, he is. Honestly, he's really. Really interesting and so truthful and, you know, he's very into He's been around for years and he's been, at, you know, he's done a lot of books, so he's really good. So try to listen to that next week. And that's it. So, uh, and I will be here. I think we're going to have some new uh, hosts coming up and that's it. So have a good night. And, Angela, thank you so much. You know, it's been interesting as me. always. <laughs> interesting. Take care. Okay, thanks again. Goodbye.